Show Up with Cameron Grant is a show done by someone else who's going through his own mental health journey, sharing the tips that have helped him along the way. Just note, he is not a licensed therapist. If you or a loved one are struggling, try reaching out to a friend or a family. And if that's not possible and you need help today, the other option you can do is you can call the crisis hotline at 651-266-7900. And there'll be someone there to help you with whatever you're going through. With that, let's begin the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first official episode of Show Up with Cameron Grant. Normally, every week, we'll be going over different DBT skills, and I want to do it every other week where I break down a movie or a sitcom for you and I do interviews. But being as this is our first introduction to each other, I thought the best thing I could do is actually introduce myself. I'm a filmmaker. I've done a couple of feature films as well as short films. Some of them have even gotten into festivals where they've won awards. A lot of my work has to do with taking a concept around something that I'm stressed with. I'm trying to figure out how to vent those hard feelings through my work. I was actually going through a really rough time and I actually moved away from Minnesota for a while and then four months after moving away I moved back because I found myself in a bad situation. The fun thing about that is I actually left a bad situation to go into an even worse situation which where I found out that I was actually in a pretty all right situation and I thought that was an interesting way for my life to play out. The biggest thing you can do for yourself with mental health is just learn tools and the key word in that is learn and you don't just hear something and know how to do it properly or hear something somebody else says for you to do and know how to utilize that tool for yourself because that's the biggest thing you have to learn is just because something works for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you because everybody has their own mental health journey that they're going on and all you can do is remember that we're all human we all have good days we all have bad days and it's kind of all right to live in the in-between because how are you going to know that you're having a happy day if they're always happy? You know, you kind of have to learn to live with the flow of life and just embrace every moment as it comes, which is a mindfulness technique, which I'm planning to dive into next week. But since this is my introduction episode, I wanted to introduce you guys to somebody. is a huge deal to me. She, she, in fact, changed my mind the most because she exposed me to the reality of... I was like 26 when I first went into a dialectical behavioral therapy, like a partial hospitalization program at the hospital and I was like wow look at all these skills that I feel like if I just learned as a child I would have been better prepared I wouldn't have allowed all these things to affect me as an adult but because I'm learning them now I'm learning how to cope and heal but I wouldn't have even had to expose myself to those negative people or those negative situations or that like take away from me if I had just known some of these skills beforehand and the person I'm going to introduce you to is somebody some of you might already know and her name is Brene Brown. When you ask people about love, they tell you about heartbreak. When you ask people about belonging, they'll tell you their most excruciating experiences of being excluded. And when you ask people about connection, the stories they told me were about disconnection. What I love about this clip is that what she's saying registered with me so much because I am somebody who likes to talk to other people and figure out if what I'm thinking is actually true or, or if it's something I'm misinterpreting. And when she said, like when you ask somebody about love, you usually think of the opposite. This reminded me of a moment in therapy where they were asking everybody to just define what home means uh, or a house or these things and I was like I don't know how to answer this question because right 
right now, when I think of home, I don't feel safe. It doesn't feel like a place I should be alone at. It does. It's not a place I feel secure. It's not a place where I feel like I can talk to my friends or family. At that time, I've gotten better, but I had to like pull the therapist aside and I was like, well, what do I do? Because I don't know how to answer these questions because this is everybody else's experience, but it's not mine. Mine is the opposite. And she was like, well, that's what you've currently felt, but what would home be to you or what would you need from a home to feel safe and have those things? Like you don't have that, but maybe if you know the things that you're looking for to get to that place, you can start wheedling away at the things that are making you feel not safe. That's where my brain jumped at that clip because I was like opposites. They were like home, security, safe, love. And I was like, oh, that's the opposite of what I'm thinking. And I thought that that was a really good connection to that. Connection is why we're here. It's what gives purpose and meaning to our lives. This is, this is what it's all about. It doesn't matter whether you talk to people who work in social justice and mental health and abuse and neglect. What we know is that connection, the ability to feel connected, is neurobiologically, that's how we're wired. It's why we're here. This rings so true to me because I'm an introvert. I don't mind being alone, but when the possibility of always being alone comes up, that's when it starts to bug me. And then what I found my brain doing is instead of being in the moment and allowing right now to be, I'm alone right now, that's okay. Well, right now I'm alone talking to you all you guys, and that's okay. I really like advocating for mental health and sharing anything that I can to help other people. When she said this connection, it made sense to me because a lot of the times in my own house and in that school, I was bullied like 360, like it, I didn't have a safe harbor until I found storytelling, books, movies, plays, music, all those things allowed me to connect so then I could be like, oh, this is what life can be. This is what happiness is. This is what I'm here for. And just because I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of people that make me feel negative doesn't mean that this is going to be my forever. I have to allow today to be what it is because as a popular saying goes, it is what it is. So very quickly, really about six weeks into this research, I ran into this unnamed thing that absolutely unraveled connection in a way that I didn't understand or had never seen. And so I pulled back out of the research and thought, I need to figure out what this is. And it turned out to be shame. And shame is really easily understood as the fear of disconnection. Is there something about me that if other people know it or see it, that I won't be worthy of connection? The things I can tell you about it, it's universal. We all have it. The only people People who don't experience shame have no capacity for human empathy or connection. No one wants to talk about it, and the less you talk about it, the more you have it. The funny thing about shame is that in the partial hospitalization program I went through, they go in a circle and then shame and fear this topic is their last day or their second to last because it's a hard subject to go through. But it was my first day, and I'm kind of grateful that it was because it opened my eyes to the fact that shame and fear happen because of outside influences. There's a difference between shame and guilt. Guilt is justified. If you're having a rough day and then you scream at your friend because they come out and talk to you while you're trying to have a peaceful breakfast, you're gonna feel guilty because nothing in that situation had anything to do with them. Whereas if your friend started shouting at you for no reason and then you shouted back, no way would you ever be shamed or feel guilty about that. But the thing is that shame are I am statements. So they're like, if 
your friend tells you, oh, you're such a terrible person. And if you just agreed with that and you were like, oh, I am this. And then after like your friend went away and then two hours later in your head, you're just saying, I am a bad person. I must be terrible because my friend says this to me. We were in an argument. So that just confirms this like negative narrative I'm, I'm confirming in my mind. When I was really struggling, I was realizing that that's what I was doing. I was allowing this narrative that everybody else had put me in to be my reality, to be my truth. But it wasn't my truth. It was the truth until you're like, wait, why should I be shamed by that? For instance, I'm wearing this green shirt and it's bright. It's a pastel color. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that clearly. I'm wearing this and I actually, through therapy, learned that the reason why I don't wear bright colors was because I was shamed because of my weight and my size until I felt like the only way I could go through life and be happy was if I made myself invisible. Despite wanting to be an actor and a filmmaker, you know, you can't be invisible and then be like, I want to be on stage. I want to control an audience and make them laugh. It's kind of like counterintuitive. But even though I was doing all this stuff professionally, I was still dressing in a way that made me invisible. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like poke holes into this like dark colors are safe thing until now I mostly dress in bright colors. Check in for yourself because I learned that despite what I thought, because everyone like made me feel, feel ugly in any clothing. I was like, I hate clothing. I hate shopping. I hate all of that. And I found out the opposite is actually true. I actually love it. I love the store DXL, which is for bigger men. I found it in New York City for the first time. You're on this escalator for like two minutes and you're just seeing these posters of just bigger guys. And I've never been a smaller guy. I was always shaming myself for it. And then I'm like, oh, look at these people who are like me and they're modeling and they're like, have all these clothes that are nice and actually form fitting. So it makes them look like people. It doesn't make them look like baggy chairs. And it made me realize all these things that shame can take away from you. Something as simple as like clothes and feeling happy in your own skin and feeling confident because I was shamed to believe I will never look good in anything. I should just buy the things that make me look the least seen. Let's move on to the next clip, shall we? I could go on like for that for a while. What underpinned this shame, this I'm not good enough, which we all know that feeling. I'm not blank enough. I'm not thin enough, rich enough, beautiful enough, smart enough, promoted enough. Um, the thing that underpinned this was excruciating vulnerability. Yeah, I, I dived into that a little bit, but yeah, um, vulnerability is hard, especially when you look at yourself as less than, which is what she was saying is I'm not this, I'm not that. Those are shame statements. But when you're looking at yourself and you're trying to be vulnerable and you let somebody else have higher status, what you're doing is you're like asking permission for them to accept and tell you that you are good and you are allowed to be alive. You don't need that somebody else's permission to be who you are. I get really upset with, with people because I can be poor. I can struggle with poverty. I can be who I am today for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that. I don't look at people who are more wealthy any other way because like any bad way, as long as they don't make me feel guilty about where I'm at, I'm not going to judge them for where they're at. Because the whole point is with that is just because you have more money or just because you have a better paying job doesn't mean that you're more worthy of life than somebody else. We are all equals. We all are human. We all deserve to be loved and be treated and with respect. And that's something that I feel like we don't acknowledge all the time. The golden rule is treat others how you want to be treated. And for that to actually exist means you have to view other people as human. And if you don't view them as human because you think that of all the humans, you're the better human, that's like a mindset I could never, I could never understand because we all deserve to be loved and to have a happy life and, you know, make our time on this planet whatever we can because you only have so long before you go. Vulnerability is just accepting like if I 
want to be happy, I'm going to have to have uncomfortable conversations because if I can't be vulnerable, if I can't push myself to be more confrontational or like talk to the people I love and tell them what they're doing that is hurting me. And if I don't set boundaries and, and if they end up not respecting my boundaries, I might have to walk away because at the end of the day, I was vulnerable. I told them what I needed. And I said, if you can't follow through on this and if you don't want to, that's fine because you are allowed to be who you are. But just know that I can't keep being in this friendship, this relationship, this like family, because all it is is me giving you my all and you giving me nothing and you making me feel less than. And that just makes me feel like I shouldn't even be here, which you should be here. Nobody shouldn't take take your right for life away because you were important. And I feel like when we're vulnerable and we're insecure and we're scared, we feel like we're not worthy of being here. But you are unique and important and everyone deserves life. That's my spiel. This is my last clip from Renee Brown. So hopefully you guys enjoy. This idea of in order for connection to happen, we have to allow ourselves to be seen, really seen. Yeah, uh, that was my wrap up because it is a scary thought, despite being an actor, it is a scary thought to be seen by somebody else and to be seen and still rejected by somebody else. But it's only scary when you realize the reason why rejection hurts is because you're making their decision, their views, the way that they see the world more important than yours. And you have to be able to look at somebody and be like, wow, look at them, look at their life, and don't compare your lives. Just be like, wow, look, you're happy. You're, you, you have all these things and you seem so like aware of of your own life and all I'm asking is for this small little bit for you to give me so we can continue being in each other's lives and if they say well this is this is I can't even think about you I have my own life to think of that's an okay response it just means like you have to change where you put them on your friendship wheel which is like you have yourself at the center and then you have like your friends and family that are you're really close and it just like it's a circle that keeps rippling out with water and like you place people further and further away but you are always in the center because you are always the most important person because you can't be there for somebody else or you can't love somebody else if you don't love you first. If somebody says they can't even like put effort in to make you feel like better or put effort in to figure out how to fix this communication uh, flaw that's happening, if they're not willing to return the effort, that's fine. If they're, if they're being honest, just say, our relationship, either we won't be continuing or I won't have to step back. I don't know what that means. I'll have to figure that out as we go, but I can't be here anymore. And I feel like when you realize that you showed up for yourself and you were seen by the other person as having being strong and being able to look out for yourself, that, that will mean a lot to you, especially because when I did that for the first time, I realized I was seeing myself for the first time because like I had all this narratives in my head that when I finally was like, oh, this is what Cameron actually thinks about himself, not what I've been tra trained and conditioned to think about myself by other people. And for this next part, because we're on the radio, I wanted to play some of the songs that have meant a lot to me in my life that have really helped me with my own mental health journey and that have really inspired me creatively and helped me like keep going during like my hardest moments. Unfortunately, if you're not listening on the radio, I will be just referencing them and like doing some lyrics from them because I do want to sh like every let everyone know why these songs and these singers mean so much to me. And so... With that, we are going to be playing You Will Be Found from the Dear Evan Hansen soundtrack. Oh, wow. 
Oh, man. Uh, just listening to that song brings me back. I used to live in New York City, and I actually used to work on Broadway. This show is actually one of the ones that, like, really struck with me my first year that I got that job. Um, and then, ironically, I'm going to share the other show that really hit me. It was the revival of The Color Purple. So, yes, you'll be listening to two Broadway hits. And the reason why is because at that time of my life, I was struggling with the fact that I just went away to college. And, you know, we're out of the house and we're distant. But I was very shocked to find that when I no longer lived right next to my family, I, it felt like I no longer existed to them. They wouldn't really pick up my phone calls. When I called them, they wouldn't really talk about themselves. And I would ask them repeatedly. It was almost like they were like valuing their own experiences less than m me going away to New York City, which felt crazy to me because like I said, everyone's life matters. Everyone's experience matters. And so like, even if it's something small, you didn't do much in a day. If I haven't seen you in a long time, I just want to hear about your, you and your life because I love you, you know? That's usually how it works with family and so I really struggled with that. This song, when I heard it, actually really resonated with me because that's how I felt was like well, where can I turn because it feels like uh I'm in a, I'm in this new city alone I have a couple of friends because of college and I, I you, everyone else I know who's in college is turning to their friends and family and like for advice about what to do and it feels like I'm not allowed to do that like nobody is there for me and then I'm like what happened again in my life is I turned to storytelling and creativity and arts and acting and, and just everything and uh like I said I'm gonna go over a couple of the lyrics that really hit me and uh like I said like I I felt so alone that uh, it says like you could fall and no one would hear. Uh, and this is in the beginning and it's just like, that's really how I felt like if anything happened to me, because it's really scary you hear all these bad things happen in New York City and then I'm like, nobody's checking in on me. What if I don't make it home today? What what about all these things? I don't have anybody being like, oh, I'm so glad I heard from you today. I'm so had, glad that like you're here. I've missed you. I didn't have the thing. So I was always like, if I didn't come home tomorrow, how long would it take for somebody to find me? Which is a thought setting you up to be negative because like you can get into what if scenarios that usually just mean you're looking to get upset which you don't know this you're like sometimes your body sends you to places because it's sad and you're, you just have to go along for the ride because I didn't do it intentionally but like that's really how it felt it was like what do I do if that happens or like like you know so try to find yourself if you hear your thoughts going down a spiraling rabbit hole to catch yourself and just think opposite thoughts and like try to alleviate some of that and then the next lyric from the that really resonated with me resonated with me was well, let that lonely feeling wash away. Maybe there's a reason to believe you'll be okay. Because when you don't feel strong enough to stand, you can reach reach out your hand. If you just wanted to know like what's the emotion behind me wanting to do this show, why I want to advocate for mental health, it's kind of those lyrics just summed it up for you. Is because I've been alone. I've been at the end of a road with no family, no friends, thinking about harming myself and what's the point. And then I just was like, if only I had somebody who online who just talked about something along these lines who like could reveal some kind of skill or asset that I could try that would like get me out of this like mindset that I'm in because turning to my friends and family is making it worse and I don't want to keep turning to people if it's going to push me further towards hurting myself rather than away and that's kind of something that you have to like think about at some point and that's when like I said in the beginning of this show if you are thinking about that you should call a crisis center 
The biggest thing that I will probably repeat throughout all of this is this fact because everyone I've asked who've struggled didn't know this fact because it's not really said in a lot of like media, but even I've asked therapists this question as well just to confirm what I was thinking. If you are even considering hurting yourself, call the crisis line if you cannot reach out and talk to anybody else. It is there for you to find resources to help you. It's harder for it to be there for you if you have already decided to hurt yourself and you call because you can they will be on the phone with you they'll like talk to you about where you can go and they'll try to advocate for you to at least wait for them to have somebody come find you or any of those kind of things but like call the second it happens because it won't get worse if you catch it and you address it and you work on it sooner than when you're at that point literally everyone i've asked who was struggling like me especially when i was in that partial hospitalization program everyone was like we really thought that we couldn't call until we were about to like do the, th the actual act of harming ourselves and I was like that can't be true and I wanted to be like is this true therapist is this true social worker is this true anybody in the line of mental health I was like if this isn't true we need to spread the word so it's more out there th and that the knowledge is more present in people's minds because that's why I'm saying it I want to spread it is I want it to be on the forefront of people's minds uh, and then the next line that really stood out for me from this, which is kind of along the same lines, is, and every time that you call out, you're a little less alone. I have found that by advocating for myself, that by talking and like really hearing myself when I'm struggling, that if I advocate and I talk to people and they choose to walk away because I'm calling out to them and I'm, and I'm seeking this help to fix these things, I'm no longer making it, I'm the problem. I'm like, we have this problem and I want to fix it because I really want you in my life life, it feels like if we just were worked on our communication, if we just figured out where in these like scenarios where I keep getting upset that it's happening because like you can't control in the moment how that works but if we're aware of your what triggers you or if you're aware of why it's happening you can start catching it in the moment and changing the narrative right away so then it doesn't become like you went on a holiday with all these friends and the second you get there you get triggered and it becomes this argument and then it's kind of you're spending like I know seven days and regretting every moment of it because you just want to go home whereas if you just caught the problem the second it happened you addressed it and then it was forgotten and no longer needed to be part of the situation because you made sure that you dealt with it and you moved on and it was left in the past you know what I mean and also like I said if you reach out to friends and family and just check in destigmatize checking in with people like you could be the happiest person on earth I've seen people who smile laugh are joyful make jokes who I think are the happiest and then I've sat down with them afterwards and I've been like how are you doing are you like is everything okay because like I love your energy and I love your life I just don't want to be like I just also don't want to just take that for granted because sometimes you don't know what's going on in someone's mind and I've been like are you okay because I just want to be make sure that you are like who you're presenting and it's not like an act because you don't need to act with me we're close friends I want to be there for you like you're there for me when I'm struggling and if it, if they are happy then be congratulate them and be there and allow their happiness to like consume the room because like people also enjoy to have their happiness celebrated you know what I mean it's like just don't take it for granted like everyone deserves to be checked in on especially those that you love and care about and want to be in your life long term everyone matters and it's okay to check in on people like it shouldn't be a problem if you're just checking in every so often about how they're doing and then the last thing i'm going to share from this song is because you'll reach up and you'll rise again if, if you only look around you will be found i like that last lyric for two reasons because it resonates on two levels if you finally show up for yourself people will start recognizing it and then they'll start wanting 
wanting to like really be there for you even more because then they'll be like, how did you fix this? How did you get better? How can you help me with my problems? How can we like spend more time together? And, and like, you know, it's kind of if you look around and you see all the other people struggling, you'll realize you're not alone. So you have people that will help you build yourself up because you'll help them build themselves up. And also I like it because the other level is you will be found. My thing in this uh, podcast and this in this radio show is that I will always end it by saying show up for yourself because the second that you find yourself and what you need and what you deserve the more you'll be able to be there for other people and the more you'll be able to be happy and to allow like negative things to happen because life is life and you can't always like have good days you'll be able to have those bad moments like be like a lot shorter than they would have been if you just dwelled on them for so long which is hard when you're first starting but the more you develop these skills it feels like the easier it becomes and with that i'm going to move past dear evan hansen go straight into the color purple but the funny thing about these two selections is both ben platt and cynthia Erivo won best actor and actress at the tonys for their performances in these shows and i love ben platt's performance in dear evan hansen i love cynthia Erivo's performance of the color purple and she's not going to be in the movie although i'm looking forward to seeing her in wicked but i literally i worked that show so much because of how much i felt like i was going on a spiritual journey every time she stepped foot on that stage and it got to the point in the color purple where i was like i've seen this show about like at least a thousand times because i'm here every night because i love it so much i want to know the exact placement that they, all the actors turn and go to so I can buy a spot for that place so when they talk and then they're in character and they're at their 100 level every night I want to see that up close and personal on Broadway it's likely you'll get spit on and this is before COVID because this is like 2015 I that's also part of it as I was like I just want to like be there when she starts crying and like I know I've seen like the spit splutter and go everywhere I just want to be that person in the front row uh but I was this is before like COVID but it's also because like like you don't see the nuances of a performer on Broadway unless you're up close because usually you're far away. And I just really wanted to know like what was the close intimate experience of the character Seely. And with that great introduction, let's listen to I'm Here from The Color Purple. Ah, oh, yes. For all the people who've never heard Cynthia Erivo sing before, which should be everybody. They should all have heard her sing. I don't know. I don't know if that's probably a small amount of people, but I shared that song because that song to me is the moment in your mental health journey when you finally see who you are underneath all the dark cloud of thoughts that you have just allowed to press you down. Like you're at this holding this planet of dark energy and, and you're allowing this dark, heavy weight to be more to you than your own life. And when you finally let that go and then you stand up for the first time and then you're like this is me i am good enough i am beautiful i am worthy of love i'm no longer going to look away from the people that i want to have in my life i'm going to advocate and i want to make sure even if i and i want to make sure even if i don't have the ability to see the people i love every day i want them to feel and know every second that i'm alive that i love them and that's what really hit me because i had a lot of problems with my my parents growing up but the one number one thing that I never allowed myself to do despite all the like trauma I went through is I never allowed
allowed myself to stop thinking of them as human. Because as an adult, I'm 27 now, they had to go through what I went through. I don't know how that impacted them, but to make them out as like parents should be this thing, when really they're just like human like you, they make mistakes, they don't know how to deal with them, they never found a way to get the help that they might have needed for their own trauma. By like having a lot of baggage with my mom, because my mom was unfortunately uh, a drug addict and she passed away in November because of an overdose. Um, the number one thing I was really happy about that I actually was able to do was like have an honest conversation with her and say, mom, I want you to be this mom that we all see. Like we're all supposed to have because of this, like the word mom means something. But like, because of my trauma, I can't just like go back to like a relationship with you because like you've done all these things because of drugs. And I want us to work and like get to get back to being like a really close like mother and son. But like we have to like constantly talk about our boundaries because until we can meet each other and like finally see each other and have like healed and done the work to get back to that, I don't want to pretend it's any other way. And the biggest thing that I, I loved about the months leading up to before she passed away is like she actually finally heard me and we actually were starting to do that work. And, and I don't feel like that would have been possible if I had stopped seeing her as human because it's easier to blame somebody who has harmed us and then make them out to be this villain than it is to be to stop and say, I don't understand how they could do this, but they're human and they might have messed up. So maybe the best thing for me to heal would be to hear why they did it. And if I can hear why, I can be like, okay, I need to voice why it hurt me. And then from there, we need to figure out how we can set boundaries and figure out what we can do to finally get back and be as close as we were when I was younger. That's what this reminds me of, is just being there and advocating for yourself. And the biggest thing that I love, which is the beginning and it took me forever to actually understand the lyrics is, I don't need you to love me. I don't need you to love. Oh, that hit me so hard because for so long I believed because my family and my friends treated me a certain way, it meant I would I was never deserving of love from another person. Because if my, <laughs> if my family and friends didn't treat me a certain way, why would I be worthy of love from somebody else? But that's not up to them. You are worthy of love, despite what anybody else's opinion is of that. You are worthy of being happy. You are worthy of all that. And until you realize that you have that power, you might never fully reach, like, you're happy, but you could be so much happier if you just realized you're in control of that. And then another lyric is showing my heart to the folks that I'm close to. Something that I would, like, advocate, because I'm somebody who wears his heart on his sleeve and it's gotten me into trouble, but, like, the biggest thing I can say for that is make sure you're kind and you're uh, respectful to everyone, but, like, the deeper parts of who you are, like, I was talking about a friendship wheel earlier, until somebody is on, like, it's you and then your closest people, until that happens and they're on that ring, wait and show somebody your your heart and give them all that loyalty and love and, like, like actions of being there for them when they've proven that they're worthy of being on that ring. Because some people are, like, I take that for granted and treat you like crap, and it took me a while to realize, no, they're not worthy of being there. They need to be further outside of my, of my, like, relationship wheel because I'm first and I want the people on my second ring to know that I would do anything for them at the drop of the hat with anything in my power that I could do. And then got my eyes, though they don't see as far now, they see more about how things really are now. That's a big one. Um, because when we're young, we, I feel like we have blinders. There's some that naivety, uh, naivete. I don't know how you say it. I feel like time lets us open up and reflect and realize that like, oh, things weren't as bad. Oh, things could have been better if I just like took this a different way. But it's okay that things turned out a certain way. Um, and you can see clearly where you stand with everybody you know because you finally learn to recognize those 
those signs early on because you are more adept at like reading situations better. And then thankful for every day that I'm given, both the easy and hard ones I'm living. I love that because in order to truly have happy days, you really have to have bad days, but you also have to remember that in the present, things come and go like a wave on the beach. So bad days are not gonna last forever, neither are happy ones, but that beauty has brought me so much peace because I'm like, you know what, when it's getting really bad, I'll know that this is temporary. All I have to do is ride this wave until that wave goes back out into the ocean and leaves me, and it'll be great. You just have to let what happens and what is be what it is. And then I'm thankful for loving who I really am. I'm beautiful. Yes, I'm beautiful, and I'm here. Those lyrics, especially the way that she, like the music drops and she says them as though it's finally an acceptance of her own power is why I love this song because it builds to that point. Like she's saying all these things she's thankful for and it's building to this revelation that she should have known all along that she was beautiful no matter what. She was important no matter what and nobody has the power to take that away from you because you are the best you you can possibly be. It's all about how you can see that for yourself or how you can find tools to get back to the person that you were when you felt like you were at your best. That's all you can do is sometimes we just get lost in time and lost in like the things that happen to us and the ups and downs of life. And then for this last one, uh, before we play it, because it's going to be a song that plays us out of this episode, music is a great way to escape. It's a great way to slip us away from like a ne negative attitude or from a happy attitude if we feel like we've been happy for too long and we're like, I need to mellow out because I'm feeling like, I'm feeling too buzzy. I need to go back to being like at my normal peaceful self. And so sometimes we listen to sad music. Sometimes we listen to scary music if we feel like a little bit of a thrill ride, you know? But for me, if, if my depression is like really heavy, I'm like, sometimes I just need a song that just makes me feel like I need to get out there and embrace life because I deserve it and I deserve to live my best self. And the song I'm going to end this is going to be Lizzo, Good As Hell. But I'm going to go over the, the lyrics that really helped me uh, first. And what's funny is, baby, how you feeling? Feeling good as hell. What I love about this is that even though she's asking it as a question, the way that it's sung makes me feel like you're like checking on yourself. I'm like, how are you feeling today? I'm like, I feel like good as like I'll ever be. I'm great. How you doing? It's like an amber bath. I'm like, you're going to face the day today and like be sad or you can make it the best possible day that you'll ever get. I love Liz, by the way, because she's always advocating for like positivity and like happiness and peace and like realizing your own importance. Love her for that. And then, uh, come now, come dry your eyes. You know you a star, you can touch the sky. I know that it's hard, but you have to try. If you need advice, let me simplify. This is advocating for yourself. This is, we have to get up. We have to get out there. We have to like put in the work so that when we have those positive things come back to us, we know that we worked hard to get them. So the reward and celebration can be a thousand times better that day because sometimes the small things add up to the big things and we have to put in that work to finally get there. Gotta take a deep breath, time to focus on you. Breathing, sometimes like we get so wrapped up in other people's like baggage or some of other people's like experiences that sometimes we forget about ourselves and we're like, okay, I I feel so drained because I've heard all these sad things with somebody close to and so now I'm feeling all that sadness but you're like, I'm gonna be there for them but I need to separate. I need to like focus on myself, breathe, focus in, count one, two, three, four, hold one, two, Two, three, four, count one, two, three, four out, and hold one, two, three, four again before you breathe in. Like that's a breathing exercise you can try. It's helped me a lot, especially when I just need to find my normal, find my peace and my back to, to one so that I can face the day and be ready for whatever comes. And then boss up and change your life. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just do one thing that pushes your life to the next step. Like just try to think about what your long-term goals are. Or even if you have a family, 
or any, anything small or if you're like if you have a routine pattern like what could you do today that you could like on Monday that like by the time Sunday comes you could accomplish then you're like I did this small thing and it took me seven days but now I have a chance to celebrate on Sunday because I put in all this like really cool work all it takes is re recognizing your own power and that's really where I'm gonna leave it to you because uh, that's what I've done and I'm advocating for other people to finally realize that we are all unique we're all important we all deserve life we all deserve happiness we all deserve love and we all deserve to know just how good we are. Show up with Cameron Grand runs every Monday on 94.1 WFNU Frogtown Radio with music. If you want to listen to his podcast or see the video version of this episode, you can follow at Grand underscore central underscore on all social media, where he posts episodes every Wednesday at 5 p.m. without music. Thank you. And as always, as you go throughout the week, don't forget to show up for yourself because you matter.